Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You're listening to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 48. Just a reminder, you can find all my shows and notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office365 or at callthatgirl.podbean.com. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel at callthatgirl, excuse me, youtube.com slash callthatgirl. I am a Microsoft Outlook expert, Office 365 consultant. I try to take remote support jobs from around the country. I also help technicians around the country. And uh, if you are looking for someone to hire, you can email me, lisa at callthatgirl.biz, or you can call me at 612-865-4475. All right. Before we get going with the show, I would like to thank our friends over at App River for being my show sponsors. They are all located in Florida, and uh, they are great for me as a backup, as a one-person uh, tech show. I have Rob today on from uh, Soho... I'm sorry, Rob, what was your Soho Tech? Soho Tech Columbus. <laughs> Soho oh. Tech Columbus. Sorry about that. Rob is also an App River partner, right? Uh, I am, and also I'm a customer. Customer, yep. Which we're going to talk about today. I'm a customer, too. I do all my stuff through them, but I like using App River because uh, they're 24-7, and since I'm a partner of theirs, my clients can call them and get the support they need from the exchange server side, and then if you're a reseller, you probably manage it yourself, but they're a good backup for you as well. And let's see here. So the show's topic today, folks, is uh, Rob and I are going to eventually talk about um, we increased our prices lately, so we'll have some stories about that. But Rob has an interesting story about something that happened to him recently, and it's a little testimonial for App River. So go ahead, Rob. Sure, absolutely. Well, I had signed up originally uh, Office 365 directly with Microsoft a couple of years ago uh, and then started with AppRiver, I don't know, maybe a year, year and a half ago, uh, reselling that or, or partner um, so that AppRiver was available to provide support for uh, post-migration work. So we've worked on several migrations together uh, mm-hmm. and I've done some on my own as well. and. It came time for me to renew my Office 365 mailbox for my own business, for my own mailbox, and I wanted to, you know, as Microsoft uses the expression, eat my own dog food, so I wanted to actually move my own mailbox from Microsoft directly to AppRiver. Mm-hmm. And we've done migrations before, so I knew the process. So it was coming up on the expiration date with Microsoft, so it was perfect timing. Mm-hmm. What I did was I did all the prep work for DNS that, that we work with, and, and everybody who does migrations knows that you have to, to take care of that part of it. Uh, but when it came time to actually create the uh, domain entry in the portal, it kept giving me an error saying that this domain already existed. So I called up AppRiver and explained the situation that not only, you know, they have me as as a reseller, but also now I'm a client trying to move my own domain. And they explained that you cannot have two portal.office.com entries uh, for the same domain. So I actually had to delete the domain from my old Office 365 account 
and they provisioned me a new one with uh, you know the long prefix dot on Microsoft.com. Mm. Uh, and then I would need to recreate the domain, recreate all of my users, uh, which is just myself, uh, as well as add all of my additional SMTP aliases. What was really great and what I wanted to, to bring up to you and, and to everybody else who's listening, whether they're, they're clients or, or customers or potential clients or customers, is that I actually called AppRiver and they were great. They, they were ready to, to walk me through the whole process of uh, using MigrationWiz, of making sure I documented all of my information because I needed to delete the domain and during that short window but after I deleted the domain and before I added the, the, the domain on the other uh, portal admin account, my domain didn't exist. Uh, I, could, I could not receive any mail, so I, you know, I, I figured a, a good time to to do it uh, when I didn't expect to have any mail for maybe 30 or 60 minutes, and and I was able to do it. Uh, yeah. We've done enough that that you probably know that process, and and they wanted me to to use Migration Wiz, which I have another story to tell about how they're a great product. <laughs> But I, I knew what I needed to do. So I was able to actually export my entire mailbox. I documented all of my aliases that I have. Uh, and then I was able to create the new account, create the new mailbox for myself, and import all of the content. So it, I, you, I it, get nervous about that stuff sometimes, you know, that the removing the domain. I've done that. And, and even though it's such little – oh, sorry, we got some feedback there, Rob. Oh, sorry. Okay. I still get nervous sometimes, even with those little buttons you have to click and stuff. And so, um, good testimony for, you know, if they walked you through it. I get that too. Um, I don't get a lot of people that come over. Uh, that's why I try to sell them on to AppRiver right away. But if they're already on it and stuff, you know, it's hard to cross over. Well, I, I definitely wanted to use the service, uh, not only so that I could mm -hmm. take advantage of their tech support if I ever needed it, but... To, to use the service just like I, I recommend to my own customers and yeah. and if you think about it it's I, I think maybe a dollar more per mailbox oh, so it, if you if you think about if you have to use that once ever <laughs> twelve dollars a year <laughs> you've already made back your money and if you have a, a larger business with multiple users you know having that 24-hour based US based yeah. tech support uh, they were going to go above and beyond what I needed them to do. Uh, once they told me what I needed to do, I, I realized what it was and was able to handle it myself. Yeah. But he was ready to, to walk me through all the steps <laughs> and do it. You know, a remote connection. I was like, nope, I got it exactly. Thanks for explaining it. Uh, so yeah. I was able to take care of it. But but and I definitely want to. I want to sing no the, me off the phone. Yeah, I wanted to sing their praises because they, they yeah. definitely you know helped me out and and took care of me and, and I'm on their platform now. The old uh, subscription directly with Microsoft has expired and, and I'm very, very happy with it. Plus I got, uh, I don't know, what was it, a two-week or a 30-day trial, yeah. whatever whatever that free period is. So that's <laughs> that's always nice. <laughs> got a little free time. Sure. Yeah, it's just so nice for me to have a backup. I just can't, I mean, I say it every, every show that I appreciate having that backup and as a solo technician, I don't have that fear of having to do the calls to Microsoft and dealing with all that and it's so frustrating because you already know that you know more than first and second level. You know, you already know that and your clients know that. So I don't even have a problem selling app over to clients. I mean ever. Because I tell them that twelve bucks you pay extra is so valuable. My rates are too high and if I can't get something fixed, I mean I've just never had anything not be fixed with calling App River. 
It just yeah, happens. They're so. great. And if you look at their website and see the, the number of locations that they have, the number of mailboxes that they're hosting, yeah. it is a, a very reputable company, and I've been very satisfied mm -hmm. with them. Me too. Yeah, about three years now, I keep saying that I love it. And uh, it's really helped me with, I think, growing the business too because I haven't had to – except I've used you on, you know, what, for the past year and a half or so. Yeah, um, yeah, I do a fair amount of migration work and uh, haven't had to have a big staff yet, you know. Now, yeah, I want to one day, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, the other uh, the other Office 365 story, you want me to go ahead and tell you, tell you that? Oh, throw it right in there. Let's go All for right. it. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is more on the corporate side. So uh, the company I – that I work for uh, primarily full-time, acquired another company, and that uh, that company was on Office 365, and when we acquired them, brought them onto our on-premises exchange environment. So it was kind of a reverse of yeah. what we usually do, uh, you know, in our migration. So this time I was walk, walk, moving from th uh, 365 to an on-prem exchange server. And this is one of those cases where I did use Migration Wiz. I had maybe 20 or 25 mailboxes, and Migration Wiz was fabulous. So I definitely want to sing their praises as well. For the cost, it is absolutely worth it. I was able to, with uh, administrative credentials on the on the portal side as well as on my corporate exchange side, uh, go ahead and enumerate all of the mailboxes, all of the content, do some preliminary test migrations to make sure everything worked and moved. Uh, tens of tens of gigabytes of, of mailbox <laughs> content uh, in, with the click of a button. So it was definitely uh, I don't know maybe 30 or 60 minutes worth of work, and all of the mail flowed over automatically into these users' yeah. mailboxes. So so for anybody who's who's looking at doing a large migration, whether number of mailboxes or mailboxes with a tremendous amount of content, I, I definitely recommend. Migration Wiz. It was great, mm -hmm. and for the cost, it is absolutely a no-brainer. The last one I did was six people, and I got lucky because they were 100% in the Cloud Office 365. There was no on-site desktop except for the owner, which I had to do the VIP level for her, you know, the fine-tuning, aftercare, all that. So with those 25 people you did, did they have a desktop deployment that they had to do, and you had to go and do all their, you know, fixing all the little stuff? The desktop engineering is actually handled by another team, but those oh, nice. mailboxes those mailboxes are automatically provisioned anyway through yeah. through the base image that we deploy, yeah. so that was not an issue. But migration oh. was was great through moving calendar content, moving contacts, moving uh, inbox, moving the mm -hmm. inbox rules. So if people have you know rules for yeah. inbound content to go to specific folders, all of that's taken care of as well. So that was really when you're on a domain. You can actually manage all that from the server end because I, I I worked in corporate for many years and I forgot that when you log in, you know, it's all just kind of happens with the server management. It's not like my home, you know, my clients who work from home or have small offices and everything's not, you know, managed very well. Yeah. So it was huh. great. There was one standout user. Uh, that was that was a, a, a bit of a, an eye opener. Uh, she didn't have a, a significant mailbox. She had um, I don't know maybe two gigabytes. Uh, but the 
important part of it that was eye-opening to me was she had about 950 folders. So <laughs> this is uh, this is Outlook 2013 on Exchange 2013. And I know in previous versions of Exchange, because users have created enough to break it, there used to be a hard limit of, uh, I think, about 255 folders. Yeah. Once you did that, you were in danger of corrupting your mailbox. Uh, obviously, no that's more. been that's been that's been increased, but I but I don't want to uh, encourage users to try to find that upper limit because there were some other issues that we had with her mailbox unrelated to the migration and unrelated to, to Office three sixty five. But yeah. diagnosing that became problematic because mm -hmm. we couldn't find messages, and it was an issue of we had nine hundred and fifty locations to look for. Uh, so, so it became very problematic, and in my in my own life and in my own mailbox, and and what I recommend to users is the search box at the top of Outlook is very very powerful. There oh, yeah. there, there isn't a need to create a, a huge Byzantine level amount of folders because you're just going to cause problems for yourself or your administrators if you're in a corporate environment. Uh, you're going to create so many rules that you may end up having conflicts. And if people would get away from thinking that Exchange and Outlook is file storage, then I think it would Rob, be it would be beneficial because that's not dreaming. the that's not the place to uh, well <laughs> we'll wage that one file storage. one battle at a time one battle at a time um, so so it became problematic and and I definitely encouraged her to reduce the number of folders because yeah. it was it was baffling to me she'd only she'd been an employee for about three years uh, and she already had 950 folders so she was that's creating a like a folder every day uh, which uh, I cannot fathom why you would need that uh, you know how you're organizing by client or by vendor or by project or whatever yeah. you're doing you know what she um, does is what my last client that paid me four hours to do was every single email that came in got a rule so if she got something from Bed Bath & Beyond there was a rule that Bed Bath & Beyond went to a folder I I don't know why that she needed that but you know what? I've learned to stop training people in that sense. You can't change their brain until it breaks, and then you have to retrain them. So that's when I come in and go, yeah, now we're going to train you the right way. But they're on a corporate server, and I do know that me and you had that migration last summer. Where I had 1,300 folders. Yeah. And because he came from an IMAP situation, I had to click on each folder not once but twice to lift. I think I'd known about the filters at that time, but... When you were bringing down mail, even on an Exchange server, 2013 has that slider now. It says keep all mail from 12 months or right. forever. And that, when people call in after a migration, they're like, email's missing. you got to slide that over, close Outlook, and relaunch it, and then the f email should come down. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. But yeah. you know from the work that we've done before, I am – very organized, and, and I and I subscribe to try to have a, kind of an inbox zero approach to my own mailbox, and you know, I have I don't know five or six folders, and that's it. Uh, You're so judgy. You, no, no, <laughs> I no. I love no. folders. <laughs> if if that works for you, then then good. Uh, that doesn't that, that doesn't work for me, so I so I use my own system, but. Uh, 
yeah, so that was a that was a problem for her, and and it became yeah. kind of cumbersome to take care of some some follow activities that that she needed some assistance with. So, I think she's all sorted out now. So she's going to try to reduce the number of folders, or at least yeah. stop creating a folder every single day. She actually was making more than one a day per business hours available in a week. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> a little a little staggering. That was. I would say that that's a little on the um, other side. I've never, well, except for the guy with 1,300, I don't think I've seen that many. That's one of those things where you, yeah. you you take a screen capture of that and you put it in your library so you can look at it later of look at it of, oh, my God, you remember when we found yeah. this person? and yeah. I think I've got about 20 folders, but then I go through them about every couple months and clean them out because I forget about stuff. and I don't know. I'm going to be making a, a training video here pretty soon and it's going to be like I don't know 50 things you didn't know Outlook could do kind of thing I'll be talking about some email management because you have inbox zero I do too I mean I don't have a day that goes by that my email hasn't been cleared out twice if not more but the training videos can be neat there's a lot of things with 2013 and 16 I hope to touch on because it's changed a lot do you guys have uh, with your company the upgraded Outlook 13 and 16 uh, everyone's on 13. Oh, thank God. This wasn't going to be on the topic list, but let's just let's just talk about that 2016 nightmare. I am getting an insane amount of calls right now from 16 breaking, uninstalling is uh, repairing is uninstalling it now. Have you had that happen? No, I have. I have very few uh, users um, and clients that are on 16. I, I'd say it's maybe a few dozen, and that's it. Yeah, well, when it starts to get flaky, like one of my clients out in Boston, he's had a flakiness where his graphics go crazy and it's starting to go nuts. Like he'll click on something, it'll have a black screen. Well, there's a new thing that you can do is turn off animations, which is not the graphics accelerator that you know about. Mm -hmm. I've trained you on that. In that same area of Outlook and in the options, you go to the advanced. Um, down below is uh, turn off animations, and that should fix those graphic black screens. Well, unfortunately, this client's got way too many, and I said, man, you got to downgrade. And Rob, he's got like 10 email accounts, tons of rules, 20 PST files. I mean, it's going to be a bad, bad rework for him, and he knows it. So right now he's just trying to struggle through it. But that 2016, I told him, be prepared. If we try to repair it, it might just uninstall, and it deletes the profile. Yeah. Like, it just goes away now, and I'm like, oh, my God. So the problem is, is what people are doing is that they've got, let's just say, one IMAP in there, and they've got a calendar and tasks and people, right? And those are all in that OST file for this computer only. That all goes away, and it even deletes the OST now. Where before, at least it kept the OST file, so you could at least try to repair that. No more. <laughs> so now... Because I already back up everything anyway. Now, it's just like every time I take a job, I just instantly back up everything just in case because if shit goes down, I'm not going to be, oh, my God, no matter what you do, you're responsible, right? Absolutely. You're the tech. It's so, uh, yeah. You touched but, it last. You broke it. Oh, no, no. I've actually had a few clients thank me for doing that backup because it hurt them later. And they were like, I had that backup. I'm like, yep. So as a tip to anybody listening, client or technicians, make sure that you uh, back up, especially things like the calendar contacts and tasks. I had a client yesterday. They 
they're a company up in Colorado. It's a franchise, and their tech likes Google Apps. But I, he didn't tell me Google Apps. He just said Gmail, Google. So I didn't know about the apps part. So I'm in there looking at his profile going, where's all the stuff? And I didn't see the word Google Apps in there because the profile name was too long, so I didn't know. So I'm sitting there looking for all the OST files. I can't find anything, can't find anything. Finally, I tell the guy, I don't know if I can get this. I tried a OST to PST converter tool because I found the OST, tried two of those, couldn't find it. He basically didn't care about his calendar or contacts. He had about probably over a 1,000 tasks, okay? Tasks live in the OST file if it's on Exchange or IMAP, whatever. Okay, so finally, we were kind of put into bed. He was okay with losing the task, even though I wasn't happy about it. And he says the one thing at the end that clinched it. He goes, you know, Lisa, this is what's funny, is right after he set me up, my calendar synced. And I'm like, it synced? He goes, yeah, my calendar synced with Google. And my phone, and I went, oh, my God, then you're on Google Apps. <laughs> and you know what, because there's no other tool that he had in his Outlook. And remember, he's the only Outlook user of this whole franchise. So you've got 24 other people that use the browser, okay? And I said, you know what, I went, and, and there I look, and there's the Google Apps Sync tool, and I launched it, and all of a sudden things started coming down and populating, and me and the guy, like, had a stroke together. <laughs> Like, we both were oh my godding. I was so happy for him, and I was helping another client. But here I am seeing, I'm watching in the remote, watching these tasks pop down, and the guy, sorry, and the guy literally like freaking out. So the problem I have with his technician is that his technician, you know, this guy's the president. He's not taking care of his number one client on the Outlook side, and here this guy's thinking he lost all of his stuff. And so that was my first job yesterday that was really a, a Friday happy ending. And then I had another guy who had uh, his company, his motherboard fried out. So I think they just swapped it, but he had the same hard drive. And his outlook crashed during that somehow. So, sorry, I'm distracted with my beep up here. So he you, lost. I think you need a new 9-volt battery. Well, I got my guy coming tomorrow. Do you know how tall my ceilings are? If you can see this video, they're like 20 feet tall, man, and I need two ladders, which I don't get on. Uh, okay, so anyway, he had a motherboard swap, but something went crazy with his outlook, and one set of his contacts were missing. So in an exchange environment, all your contacts in the list are on the left. There was nothing in the personal contacts. There was a folder named personal contacts, and I'm like, oh, my God, where did these go? They weren't in deleted. There was nothing to recover. And I'm just thinking, I don't know what happened. So luckily we had a backup from when I helped him three months ago because I was smart and backed up his contacts for him. All of his stuff was there, and he didn't really care about the last three months. He's a sales guy. So a salesperson, their notes and a contact are critical for them. And if they're not using a tool like BCM or Business Contact Manager, that's their livelihood is going to those notes and looking. Just like this uh, owner of the franchise, his were tasks for some reason. That's where his life was. So this is very critical to people. So so like I said, you, backing up is so important no matter what. You guys that are listening, is just do that before you do any kind of manipulating of third-party apps, transferring data. Uh, if you think it's just easy to, um, you know, oh, I'm just going to transfer all this to another computer. 
always try to back it up to a PST just in case. Do whatever you can to be preventative because what is it? One ounce of prevention? <laughs> you know, it really does matter. It really does. Yep. Excuse me. All right, Rob. So those are kind of my two stories. Uh, let me get my notes here. I had kind of a weird week. I'm finishing up the first week of May, and uh, I talked to you on the phone the other night. So I was like, well, why don't we talk about this pricing update issue, and I'll let you go first because you just raised your rates. I did. Uh, Not a lot, but enough that it was significant, right? Well, yeah, a, a little bit. And uh, it's funny. I was I was listening to some of the other podcasts, and and they were talking about this exact same topic, uh, as well as MSP. So we may go into that later. Um, mm -hmm. I I think that the the part that that I wrestled with, and and I thought about, and I decided to 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 raise my rates was based on the service that I give my clients. They know that. When they when they have me come out to their to their home or their office or we do remote work, they are going to get quality that that merits that price increase. Uh, I've been in IT for over 20 years. Uh, I've been working on the corporate side, on the small business and the residential side, and they know that I have the breadth and the depth of knowledge, so mm -hmm. that they're going to get their hours worth or, or however long it takes. Uh, they're always going to give me a call or an email at random times, and they know that if they have a quick question, they're not going to get a, you know, a 15-minute bill for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of the – there was another podcast where someone was talking about 20 for 20, you know, 20 bucks for, you know, uh, up to a 20-minute question kind of a thing. So they're not going I'm, – I'm not going to – to charge them a petty amount for for little things, yeah, uh, and they're going to get a, a quality service. Uh, I'm I'm running something right now. I'm running some promotions for some of my clients, and today I went and did some work with a woman in her office and did a Windows 10 upgrade. So I did her Windows 10 upgrade. Uh, while that process was going, we talked about backups, we talked about antivirus, we talked about moving her to Office 365. We had a tremendous conversation. A technical yeah. consult while you were doing other work. That's Absolutely. great value. I mean, I'm, you know, we're waiting for, for the, uh, you know, the percentage counter to increase on, on the machine uh, for Windows 10 to install, but she got all of that extra information at no charge. I ended up being there with her for three hours. Oh my God. I charged her for an hour and a half. Well, why? So, well, <laughs> there was some waiting time. Explain uh, why. We, we, I know this kind of goes against you know everything that you've been talking about giving away time. But I do it too. I do it too. I, though. Before doing a Windows 10 uh, upgrade, I always make sure that the client has backed up their data. You know, just in case yeah. I don't want their you know all their data to be gone. She's in. Uh, She's a professional, so she has business-related information mm -hmm. on this computer, which if, if it goes away, she's in a world of trouble. Yeah. So she had a few gigabytes worth of data that she doesn't back up. Yeah. So I, I quickly threw it on one of my thumb drives that I had. Well, that took half an hour. Uh, and, and then starting the whole backup process, I wasn't sure if she had all of the, the Windows 10 bits downloaded. So I'd previously downloaded the media creation tool, 
which is free from Microsoft for the Windows 10 image. It's current as of, I think, a couple months ago, maybe February. So there are still a couple of updates that, that you need to apply after that. There are several ways with NT Lite and other things, uh, other software that's freely available. So you can slipstream some of that. But I did her whole Windows 10 installation. There's a, a tremendous amount of privacy settings uh, that are that I prefer to to set for clients because mm -hmm. there's a lot of advertising information there's a lot of diagnostics and feedback and other network sharing and things like that that by default Microsoft turns on with Windows 10 and I, I'm not comfortable with those uh, when I talk to clients about it they say yeah turn that off so if you're doing a Windows 10 installation yourself and just clicking you know yes install next 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 and I'm all done you're going to accept those defaults from Microsoft, but I give that extra quality attention to detail and make sure that you know they're getting quality service. And I think those are that that's what I touch on, and that's what I keep circling back to for justifying yeah. my rate increase. And since I increased my rates in November of 2015, so maybe five or six months ago. I've had two people comment about the pricing increase. Yeah. Everybody else ha hasn't balked at all about it. So or, uh, maybe they're balking, they just don't tell me. <laughs> or maybe yeah. they've just decided yeah. never to call me. But I, I haven't gotten any pushback from, it, from anybody for the most part. And I think it's justified. They see that they're getting a quality service, and they have me as a resource, and it's worth the, worth the price. Yeah, you're pretty thorough with your documentation and the work you do. I mean, as a testament to you, and I don't know if any of your clients are going to hear this, but, yeah, you, you, you do stellar work with all of that, probably better than uh, most people. Thank you. I, I won't name names. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There's... You already, you know, you come from a corporate environment of documentation that, you know, is pretty serious and things like that. And I'm sure that she got a huge report at the end. God, I'm, to whoever's listening, I'm sorry about that alarm. It just started when the show started, of course. Okay. Uh, well, my update on my pricing is not so long yet. I've only <clears throat> had it for six weeks, five weeks. I was very nervous when I first decided to do it, but I had to realize, like you, that I needed to raise more to raise my rate for a few reasons. One is that, um, I said this on a past show too, but you know, when a general technician is charging what I'm charging, that doesn't put me in a different state of being an expert in my opinion. So a lot of techs are starting to creep up to my rate, which my old rate was 139. And uh, I'm talking about a small shop up in northern Minnesota. That guy was 135 an hour. And after he told me that, I said, I have to raise it because what's going to differentiate me, you know, besides I'm a generalist tech who does everything. So uh, I decided to raise it to 169 and now I've got a few different types of clients that call in. I've got the ones who are definitely price oriented. I got the ones that don't even ask me what my rates are at all until I tell them at the end when I'm getting their credit card. And those are the clients I think that just they're frustrated with calling Microsoft, they're frustrated with their past tech support guys, whatever, or the Apple store, and no one seems to be able to fix it, and they just want it fixed. So I knew I wouldn't have a problem with those people. I also knew that I wouldn't, um, I did raise my prepaid ticket rates $100 too. So 
in overall in April, I saw an increase of about 20% from last year. And then when I did the exact math of calls, what the old billing would have been compared to this, it was 1100 So the end of it is I made 1100 extra dollars based upon the calls that came in. Now, if I went to raised by rates, would I have got other calls? I don't know. You know, a lot of times that 139 Rob I charged, that was too expensive for some people anyway. You know, I got those kind of calls before that. So it wasn't like, you know, it was a big game changer. But the thing that me and you were talking about on the phone the other night that kind of got me really thinking is, I've, didn't I say I felt like it's been super slow? Yeah. <laughs> well, because a lot of people are seeing my 169 on my scheduling form now online. They're not calling in because I'm already too expensive. So that took away probably a lot of the calls. Yeah, you I get those, those tire kickers. Well, if they see on my appointment schedule 169 and I'm already too expensive, that eliminated that. So that those calls, the volume went down for one. But then I still get the calls that come in, and those people aren't looking at my scheduler. Now, the one thing I've learned is I need to change my, um, my approach on calls that come in for people that don't know because – what they do is they call in and they always say this. Okay, let me tell you what's going on. Eight minutes of hearing the horrifying stories for me to say, okay, well, it's going to be one to three hours on 169, and then they go, ooh. So I don't want to waste those eight minutes. I appreciate them. Almost none of them, if they inch about my price, are going to hire me anyway. So I've learned that the new strategy, which I'll have to update, see how this goes, is I give them one minute to kind of discuss for me to stop and say if I can help or not and then tell them my rates and how I work. And if they're interested, they can continue to tell all their stories they want, but it'll be on a billable credit card because mm -hmm. it'll turn into an appointment. Now, that is the only thing I can figure out that's going to make sense, you know, is to listen a little bit, make sure I can help, then say, okay, I can help here. Let me get your card. I'll finish talking to you, we'll schedule an appointment, and then it's all done. Secured job. Absolutely. And I, I think another point is not only do, does increasing the price work as a, as a marketing strategy and, and convey quality to, to the client, because in their mind they, they have to be thinking, you know, Lisa or Rob, this is the hourly rate. Yeah. Maybe they don't care, but maybe they say, wow, that's high. This person must do a good job. So, you know, they, they know their stuff and they're going to fix my problem after I've been to, you know, any number of places before and paid less and got less. Uh, yeah. But also I think it works from our side as well because you and I know we're charging, you know, whatever the dollar amount is, we better give them quality. Uh, so I think it works both ways that not only do they know that they're going to get yeah. quality service to solve their problem, but that we're going to deliver it. Yeah, I think that... Well, you were saying earlier about how, you know, according to you, what a great job you do. I, on the other hand, <laughs> but I mean, that's how every tech has their great thing, right? Like, here's what I'm really good at. You said oh. I did a great job. <laughs> exactly. I'm not denying it. I'm just saying, like, for me, here's what I say is great about what I try to tell clients is I don't bill you for time. I'm not on the clock doing, like, a data move. Like, where you sat there with her for those three hours – I absolutely would not do that. I would take them off the clock and go do other stuff because I'm remote. You know, I'm not right. at her house. So to me, 
one of my selling points is I tell people, look, if I'm in a big Gmail fix, you know, it takes me an hour to move data, I don't bill you for that time. So that to me is a, a bonus of me being an expert because I already can time things like that. I manage multiple jobs remotely. And so when people are, you know, looking at hiring me, I'm like, well, here's what makes me more valuable. You've already called Microsoft for three hours. You've already been to the Apple store. And maybe your local tech doesn't know. So here's your answer, me. And I'm expensive, but I'll get it done. It will be fixed. And sometimes the fix is moving them to exchange, as I've said before. But, you know, that's the work I do. So it's kind of like you have to fine-tune your sales pitch for these price adjustments. Um, you know, this last week was slow. And then, of course, I got nervous. And I was like, God, did I go up too high? But I'm like, April was awesome. But I had more time on my hands than I was used to. And that kind of made me nervous because I'm used to doing more, you know. So now it's time to up the marketing a little bit. There's always, there's always, there are always new things to learn. Yeah, I'm gonna up the marketing because I think that's the next. I haven't decided if I'm gonna grow the company yet or not. So if I don't, I just got, you know, I want a little more busy. And it's not the money, because Rob, I don't really talk about, you know, the money so much. Is I just like being active and busy with my work. Because I think if I had to slow down, it would really bother me. I like mm -hmm. being busy. Yeah. All right. So, anything else you want to add on about your pricing and what's no, I, I think that it's a it's a great conversation and and it builds the the trust and the relationship with the clients. And and if I do see that people are pushing back about quality and it's it's impacting, mm -hmm. then I can always revisit it and maybe I would drop it or maybe I'll increase it. It it really depends. But well, you can make more money with other things with your current clients, and that's our next topic is MSP work. <laughs> oh, good segue, good segue. <laughs> <laughs> I have some talents there, Rob, but before we go into that is, I'm going to just say that just a month, so this, this story rolls into that, is that just a month and a half ago, almost two months ago, my white label partner closed shop on me, and that to me was the end of it. So April was kind of slow for me too because I didn't have to do the communications for that. You know, when you have a lot of extra things going, communications is a lot of the work. So mm -hmm. April to me was slow. I didn't have anybody to talk to. And and uh, then you're talking about adding it on, so take it away. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, well, I noticed that as I'm visiting. Oh, there's a little bit of echo there. Oh, um, so I noticed in visiting my clients that I that I see frequently every you know six or twelve or eighteen months that whether it's a virus cleanup or doing updates for their you know Java Adobe whatever they may have it's the kind of thing that I can take care of in an MSP situation mm -hmm. and I saw that continuing as a trend and it's something that I have just started recently expanding out to offer these clients and I think that. It may be less of a money maker for me. It, it it's uh, <laughs> it's kind of the trade-off of uh, a lower amount of money, but more consistent money. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I were to go and bill them for an hour or two, once or twice a year, it would earn me more money. But it's do it's doing a disservice to them. So I, I wanted to build that relationship where they know that all of their 
Windows updates, all of their third-party program updates are being installed. Yeah. They're getting antivirus. They're getting malware protection. They're getting all of those little things that they may not be paying attention to because they're, you know, running their life. They're running their, their business, whatever they're doing. And to ask them to manage those items mm-hmm. is, is, is unreasonable. Uh, so I just started recently a few months ago working with with an MSP and and I've rolled it out to to some of the clients and and so far it's working out great. What do you call it? Like a service plan? Yeah, it's a monthly maintenance program. Sometimes I call it a virus secure a security program. I'm still yeah. I, I haven't settled on a good name for it and and I need some help with that. <laughs> I went through, I cannot tell you, one of my favorites, I called mine Supermax. Because <laughs> I wanted to feel very, like, the computer was in prison. It was it was so funny. It was one of those things where I was trying to come up with a cool name, and Supermax did not win, did not do well. But, yeah, I like service plan. It just keeps it real simple. You know, it seemed like simple services that you just pay a few bucks a month for, and you get everything done. What are you charging? Uh, well, it depends. I'm offering a, yeah. a multi-machine discount. I'm doing a, a special right now during kind of the springtime mm-hmm. to to try to ramp up and get additional customers on it. But it equals out to about one and a half uh, appointments per year. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's the way that I advertise it of you're going to call me anyway. Yeah. So how about instead of waiting until it gets bad, everything gets cleaned up every day and... You don't have to call me out, you know, when things get bad, and you, you know include, that. Sorry, do you include tech support in that at all, like for anything, or is that just only those services? No, just only those services. Good call. Good call. You know what I hated, though, was telling people, oh, God, I'm not going to miss these days either, is telling people, okay, it includes everything but, and then you got the huge list of things that don't include, because um, one of the, the service plans I had include some things like Windows updates up to 30 minutes of help and virus rules for free. Then the next time I offered it with another company, it was all inclusive, all you can eat. And except for Outlook. <laughs> I never included that. So the, how, how are you telling people just basically if you need me for something that's billable except for that? That hasn't come up yet, but but I enumerate out a, a list of what's included on their invoice. Uh, it's on my website too. So gotcha. if it's ever a situation where they say, "I also want this," and I have to say, "I'm sorry, that's not included," mm-hmm. then I can you know refer back to that. Uh, but yeah. but it, I I don't you know hopefully knock wood I don't see that as becoming adversarial. I definitely want to help them. Uh, you know, if they have a different issue and, you know, depending on how things go or my relationship with them, maybe I would offer them a discount, uh, you know, or do something. Mm-hmm. If, it's, if, it's, if it's very quick and easy, maybe there's no charge and that's, you know, kind of goodwill. Yeah. But we'll see. That's Every situation is going to end up being different. I had one client that was on the service plan with three computers. They bought the program thinking everything was included including Outlook support, and it was not. I've always made it very clear Outlook was not included. And, of course, the day that they had an Outlook problem, I was so embarrassed I didn't even want to say anything. So I did the job first, and then I said, I'm going to compliment this for you this one time, you know, just to let you know. Well, it turns out that the partner I was using, they were only paying 20 bucks a month. (laughs) 
for support. So I ended up giving away a half hour of time free. But at least I got the warning in. Mm -hmm. And I felt better about that because I don't like shocking any clients with ticket surprises at all. Not at all. I it it sucks. I don't like companies that do that. Don't have that expectation met. And you know what? I want to add on one thing about raising my prices that I've did. So if anybody's listening and they're, how do you do it? Is that I can't send out a newsletter to all my clients telling them because 10% 10 to 20% of my people read my newsletters, right? So one thing I did was I gave them, I verbally give them a one-time old price before I raise a new one. So every client that's called in, I'm like, okay, my new rate is 169 for next time. This time it's 139 because I didn't know how to tell you. So they've all been very appreciative of that. And I say that with the prepay too. You get one more prepay at the old price, the next one's higher. So that's what I did to alert the clients. How are you supposed to tell your whole clientele? When they don't check your website, they don't check your newsletters, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's one hard. thing I did. It worked. Everybody's been very thankful, and I've actually had many clients uh, congratulate me for raising my rates, too. Oh, good. They they yeah. see that they, they saw the value before you did. Yeah. Well, they said that you've earned it, and, and those people, I'm, they're in businesses where their rates were higher, too, as they got better. You know, you can tell type thing. But one thing I don't miss is that MSP work. Not at all. I just finished the last client today. Boy, it took me 45 minutes to clean that up, and I'm free. <laughs> well, I'm just getting into it. I enjoy it. I don't, we'll, we'll see how it turns <laughs> out. But you're, you're getting out of it. I'm getting into it. I know. Well, you know what? Now you get to play with all the MSP boys. Sure. Well, it's fun so far. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, you're listening to more MSP podcasts, like MSP radio. and. Yeah, a few. Yeah. Yeah, it's really becoming popular, MSP. I mean, I think that is the next step for techs, you know. Because of all the problems that we're having, I, I I agree in the business model of doing it. I just don't want to do it myself. No. Just the thought of managing anything gives me just a really bad feeling. <laughs> now, I'm sure you, because you love Migration Wiz, you probably love logging into your console every night and going, okay, here's what's updating bad. Let's go fix this. Nerd out. <laughs> what's green, what's yellow, and what's red? <laughs> yeah, and you know what? When my old tech partner used to give me the console, I literally would look at it and go, I freaking hate this. <laughs> I don't want to look at any console of anything. <laughs> That to me well, is just personal. There are there are a lot of different products out there, and there are a lot of different yeah. you know pr price points and tiers and ranges, and and I looked at several of them, and and it's a question of finding the one that that works best for you. It's something that is definitely doable uh, by the techs, and we just have to decide yeah. if it's something that we want to do or if we'd rather continue you know in a break fix model. And at this you point, talk about well, go ahead. I was just going to say at this point, I'm doing both. Yeah, well, that's what a lot of techs have to do. I like that they do break, fix, and add on the MSP. It's good services, and it's good add-on money. What uh, what company are you using? Uh, I'd rather not say. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> There's a lot out there. I've been, uh, I forgot to mention in the beginning of the show, the Facebook groups that we're in. I don't know if you're in them, but um, there's the IT business owners one. And then my Office 365 Facebook group. So just a reminder to anybody that's watching, go ahead and go to the show notes and, uh, click on it there, but there's a lot of uh, different companies out there now doing some stuff. And I got to say, I don't mind saying this company's name. Hold on. Let me find out who they were again. 
<laughs> I gotta make sure I have the right name. It was a uh, ninja, RMN Ninja. Is that right? Um, mm-hmm. They're one of them. I actually had to uh, work with them on a client thing. I had to help with something, and man, they answered their phone on the spot. Like, unheard of in tech support to get someone live in the first call, except App River, of course, and me. But you just, I don't see it that much. I always get a voicemail or it says email support, and they answered. And actually, the guy was sitting next to the guy that I'd worked on another project with for something. And it's a very small, good, close team, I think. And uh, I told them, I said, you know what? I like I like companies that are answering the phone like that. And they took my request, and they were very clear and fast about it. That's good. Good for them. Yeah. I wish more people would stop, you know, putting customer service last. Because customer service, to me, is what makes a business grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was very happy with them. Although I don't do it. No, I was like, no. They said, do you want to do it? I go, no. <laughs> Not going to be a client. No, no, no. All right, Rob. Anything else you want to mention? Any other juicy little stories? No, that's it for me. Um, yeah. I don't know. We'll catch up again. Yeah, well, uh, we, I thought we had two migrations scheduled, and uh, one, I think, you know, when disasters happen, that has to come first, you know? Sure. So, we're seeing a lot of it lately. But, uh, yeah, this was just kind of a quick show me and Rob whipped together, just to talk, basically, entertain everybody. Next week, I think coming up, I've got Steve Harris from App River. I forgot to mention that, too. You can tell when I'm live on camera, I get a little freaky. <laughs> I didn't do my my intro like I should have. Uh, Steve Harris from App River is going to be on the show next week, I think. And that will be a good one to catch because he's my sales guy, and we're going to talk about all the stuff in depth. And and so if people want to hear it, it will be recorded for that. Anyway, uh, again, if you're interested in talking to App River, Steve's email is sharris at appriver.com. All right, Rob, if you got nothing else, I'm going to go up and close up the show here. Looks like a good chat show. Okay, great. Nothing else. Oh, also, if you need Rob for any, uh, give you a little pitch here for his awesome Excel work and PowerShell skills, Orama, he's available for hire. Rob, give out your info. Sure. If you need uh, Excel, Active Directory, Office 365, PowerShell, uh, any other tech support, or you want to work with me on an MSP program, uh, we can do something like that. Give me a call, 614-323-4085, or my website is SohoTechColumbus.com. Sweet. All right, folks, I'm going to close the show up. This has been a Heyman Hendrickson production, audio supported by Mitch Heyman. Thank you to our sponsor, Rep River and Podbean for hosting. If you have a story you want to share or become a guest on the show, please email me, lisa at calledatgirl.biz. That's it, folks. See you next week.